Verse 10. Young lions do lack and suffer hunger. But those who seek the Lord shall not be in want of any good thing. Now listen to this. When it talks about young lions, we're talking about those that have strength. Those that have connections. Those that have the certificates. Those that have the correct passports. You know, American citizen. Those that have that. That's what the, those are the people that the issue of being a young lion typifies. Are you getting my point? That's what the, those are the people that it represents there. But it was saying that even though they go broke, things go wrong with them, those who fear the Lord will not lack anything that they need. Are you getting my point? Those who fear him will not lack anything good. That's what he was trying to say. And I said in verse 11, Come, you children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. That is, let me show you how to go about seeking the Lord. Are you getting my point? In the time of your distress, when things are not working well, when people, the young lions are lacking and suffering hunger, it is time for you to do what? Listen. And I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Verse 12. Who desires life and love length of days that they may say good. Verse 13 says, Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Verse 14. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and continue. Say, The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. 16. He said, the righteous cry and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Now, let, I need to just explain before we leave that segment. I was looking for where there will be a break. But what was, what was he saying? There's trouble. Young lions are fainting. They are lacking. But those who fear God, who seek the Lord, they will not lack anything good. He said, because of that, now you children, come. Let me teach you how to handle your distress times. Are you getting my point? He said, come, I will teach you the fear of God. He was not saying, in the time of your distress, what do you do? Keep your tongue from evil. Your lips from speaking deceit. There are two types of evil and two types of deceit. What is the, what is the first type? The common one we know is evil, talking something that is bad. Are you getting my point? Like, you know, saying you speaking, backbiting, speaking evil, conspiring. But there is a simple but most fundamental of the evils in which men enter into the promised land and they return with an evil report and they say, we are not able. And God said, they have spoken evil in my hearing and they have conspired against me. So when he says, keep your tongue from speaking evil, the first and most important form of evil is not to speak against the word of God. Are you getting my point? Yes, that is, those who speak against God's word, that's the first. It's not just about, eh, you were telling that man, your papa, your mama. Listen, that is, <laughs> that's not a serious evil. So you don't say that kind of thing, you're a Christian. No, the worst evil that we commit every day is simple things like, hmm, the way this country is going, we're all dead. It's things like, can you imagine what kind of government do we have? The road between and nature is not good. How can a business progress? Listen, things are not going to work in this country the way they are going. Is this the change we voted for? People don't know that is what? Evil. You are taking the name of the Lord our God and placing it on the government. It's called a vain thing. You are breaking the spirit of the third commandment. When I said, if you want to prosper, when young lions are suffering, first thing you do 
Keep your tongue from speaking evil and from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. What does that mean? The time of distress, the temptation is to do evil. You deliberately depart from it. He says, seek peace and deliberately go after it. Why? The eyes of the Lord, in the midst of that affliction, if anybody does that, the eyes of the Lord are towards him. And his eyes will be, his ears will be open to the fellow's cry. He said, if you, don't, if you do the opposite, that is speaking evil, the face of the Lord is against evildoers to cut off the memory of them from the earth. I don't need to explain further. You know what happened to Israel. When they spoke evil in his ears, his face was turned against them, and he swore in his wrath that they would not enter into his rest, and all of them perished in the wilderness. Listen, if we maintain speaking what is good in the time of distress, young lions may faint, but we will survive, and then we will progress, and we will advance. And good will fill our homes in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Where do we stop? Verse what? Verse, okay, verse 19. Who was going to read that? Okay. He said, many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivers him out of them all. Verse 20. He keeps all his bones and not one of them is broken. Now, as God is delivering the righteous from trouble. Are you getting my point? The same time, evil shall slay the wicked. But those and those who hate the righteous will be condemned. Amen. Verse 22, let's read together. The Lord redeems the soul of his servants, and none of those who take a refuge in him will be condemned. Listen, that the righteous will have troubles is in the Bible. Yes, he will. But that the Lord will deliver him from them all is also there. Are you getting my point? So even though you have troubles, this is the word of the Lord. Deliverance is your portion. Amen. Listen, troubles come to tempt people, want to speak evil, to depart from doing good, to depart from seeking peace. But even in the midst of all of them, the Bible says we consistently seek good, speak good, we refuse to speak evil. Then God is under a covenant, a promise that he has made to deliver us from all troubles. I hope you get my point. No matter the trouble, any believer here, if you're a believer, say amen. amen. A believer believes something. And this is what to believe. Deliverance has come to you in Jesus' name. I said deliverance has come to you in the name of Jesus. No matter what's going on outside, good will come into your home. It will come into your life in the name of Jesus Christ. All right, the Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. All right, can we just sit down for a moment? Uh, Let me just... um, No, don't let me start preaching now. We are closing now. Most always stay till late. In fact, we are closing on time today. The Lord is good. Okay. I just want to, the reason why I wanted us to read this, which now took, um, is something we learn all the time. I just want to remind us of it again. Uh, just because we have been standing, that was where I wanted to spend most of the time in declaring, but it went the way it did. Uh, verse 3 is where I actually wanted us to read, but when I looked through it, I said, well, let's just read the whole. Um, portion of the Bible, uh, David said, uh, okay, let me start from verse 2. He said, my soul will make its boast in the Lord, and the humble will hear it and rejoice. And I said, oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I want to just remind us as we close, now we're closing now, 
what it means to exalt, the, that is to magnify the Lord and to exalt His name. Please, we have to be very careful as believers. So that, we are, that is concerning how we use our words. And you know, that's what we've been talking about. All right? Because in the time of distress, what is looked out for is what each person will say with his mouth. Very important we get that point. In the time of distress, angels are listening out. Are you getting my point? Even God is listening. When people spoke because things were difficult, they were going to go into the promised land, and they saw giants in the land, they spoke, and then the eyes of the Lord turned against them. So I want to admonish us again. These are the things we do. Please, um, go and listen to the series of messages we preached that time. The seven names of God. Please go. You know, there's not everything that um, one can say all the time. So usually if I remember that we have done a particular series, I want people to just go and listen to them. If you go to our website, the message is available. Alright, the messages. That's, how many of them? Maybe like five or so. But it's titled the seven names of God. Now when I talk about the seven names of God in that message, I emphasize I'm not counting... You know, you've heard messages like that before. When I was in school, we heard one of the 13 names or so of God. And then we listed them, Jehovah, um, you, know, uh, you know, we have El Shaddai, Jehovah, Rufeka, Jehovah, Nuruhi, Jireh, Megedishki, all those things. Those are, those are all Hebrew, you know, um, words. I don't, I don't want to just say names. But the truth is that, why did I choose the word seven? I picked the word seven out of the fact that... Um, the biblical numerology, in biblical numerology, seven is supposed to be the number of perfection, all right? So I was trying to explain that the names of God, or the name of God is perfect, and but actually is innumerable. That is, every time you have a need, God has a name he bears under the circumstance. There's no, if even the people you are calling Jehovah this, Jehovah that, Jehovah that, they discover that name when something happened. When you hear Jehovah Jireh, it means what? The Lord will provide. It wasn't as if somebody woke up one day and said, have you heard the name of God? Jehovah Jireh, write it down. Did not have it? No. There was a situation. And God manifested. And they discovered his name. And they said his name is what? Jehovah that provides. That's it. That's the way it is. Men are in trouble. And God delivers them. And they will build an altar. And call upon the name of the Lord. And they will call him Jehovah Deliverer. They will write it down as the name of God, which is not a lie. I remember Miles Monroe taught then. He said that when Moses was told, go and tell the children of Israel, the Lord has come to deliver you, and they will say, what is your name? He said, you will say to them, I am that and I am. The prince explained it further. He said, actually, what he said is this. My name is I am. He said, he asked Moses, he told Moses, my name is I am. When you get them, say, he is, has sent you. So that's, a literal, that's what Derek Prince explained. He said, that's literal Hebrew. That his name is, I am, was sent to Moses. So when you get there, tell them he is. So his name is not, I am per se. His name is descriptive. So when you're talking to Moses, he said, I am. When you get there, what do you say? Say he is. <laughs> if they come to him face to face, you know, my name is always Banky or whatever you want to call me. Whether you're talking to me, or you're talking to my wife, or you're talking to yourself, or you're reading in the papers, that's my name. But with God, is who he's talking to. So when they are talking to him directly, he said, what's your name? He said, my name is I am. So what if they ask me who you are? Tell them he is. You know, that's one thing that will help us understand. That's not as if it's a name somebody gave, birth, gave to him the day he was born. He said, God, have you gone for baptism? What's your baptismal name? No. His name is always a description of an encounter. Are you getting my point? 
That's what his name is. So Miles Monroe said that when he said, I am, what was he saying? He was saying, listen, this name is vast. Uh, we can't fill it. So I'll just give you the first portion of it. And wherever you get to, complete it. Do you get the point? So when they say that we are hungry, what's the name of your God? I am the bread of life. Are you getting my point? That's it. So when, when you say that what's the name of your God? He is the bread of life. He is the healer. That the name of God is what he bears. Is, is where you are. You look around and say, what is his name here? And the fact is, every situation of life, the Bible in your hands has the name of God written about that situation. The name of God is not just a, a, a word. It's often a sentence. It's a, it's a description of his character. It's a description of his power. It's a description of his personality. It's a description of what he can do. So anytime you read, there are sentences that are God's names. For example, you say, you tell you, I am God. I delight in the prosperity of my servant. That's the name. So who's your God? He is the Lord who delights in the prosperity of his servant. That's the name. They came, he said, I am God. I make barren women dwell in the house as joyful mothers of children. That's a name. That is a name. It's a name. Like he, you know, like he was saying there, behold, it is the Lord thy God. Remember, he is. He is. Moses was talking to them. He said, it is the Lord thy God that giveth the power to get wealth. That's a name. He is the God who gives you the power to get wealth. There is no situation that his name does not, a description of his name does not exist in your Bible that you have. Every single situation of life, there is a description of his name there. Why are we talking about that? Please go and listen to that series. I'm not preaching it now. The seven names of God. All right? I think we have just about five messages. All right? So when you are getting to the message, don't expect, don't get your paper trying to write them down. One, two, three, four. No. God's name, if you sit down from this Bible, I'm sure you can easily count at least 200. You can easily, now that you know how to identify it, you can easily count 200 of his names from your Bible. Not less, nothing less than 200. Are you getting my point? Like now, he's telling that there is he that is coming that's mightier than me. He's describing he is. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. That's the name. The Lord that baptizes in the Holy Spirit and with fire. That's it. That's the name. That is the name. When, look, when you are talking to him or he's talking to you directly from the scriptures, or somebody is telling you he is, you've discovered his name. And David now said, Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I like that revelation that I taught then on, some, uh, on the third commandment. Every commandment has a spirit. When they said, when God gave them the commandment, Thou shalt have no other God, thou shalt not do this, thou shalt not make a graven image, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Each one has a spirit, and that spirit is something we hold on to. What is the third commandment? When I was a child, they said, don't, swear, don't, don't say, ah, God, you know, that kind of thing, that you're taking the name of the Lord in vain. Or, you know, the, you know Americans say, God damn it, you know, that kind of thing. 
So this God forsaken place, all those kind of things. So that's taking the name of the Lord thy God in vain. The people that say, if you swear falsely by the name of God, you are taking the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Well, there's some, there's some truth to all of those ones that they said. But after studying the scriptures, I don't think that's what Moses was saying there. When Moses was explaining that, he gave us three commandments. That's one, two, three. And you see they all tie. He said, one, you heard the voice. You didn't see a form. He said, first, you shall have no other God besides me or before me. That is, this God of Abraham, this God of Isaac, and this God of Jacob shall be your only God. That's number one. These people came from Egypt where every god had an image. So they at first, by that, nullified all the gods in Egypt. Whether it is Isis or Oris, what are the gods of Egypt? Memphis, I don't know their names. All those gods in Egypt, god of the sun, he said, listen, you shall have no other god apart from the god of Abraham, the god of Isaac, the god of Jacob. Check first one. We check that one. He said, now, that god, we have removed all of the other gods, so how do we identify this God? So he said, number two, you have never seen him. You must not make a graven image and say, this is Jehovah, God. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. You must not do that. That's the second commandment. The third one now is this. You will get to the land, promised land. You will see beautiful temples. You will see beautiful images. All kinds of things. Now remember, you have only one God now, and they have all agreed. You can't make an image because you didn't see that God. But you are going to get to a particular place one day, and you will see a beautiful temple, and you will not want to demolish it. And you will say, let us remove the name. And take the name of our God and use to replace it. So now we worship our God here, and that image will now be our Jehovah. I don't know whether you get the point. Let me prove to you. That was what, uh, what is his name? Um, one of the things that, what's that again? Aaron did. He, he said, a calf came out. He said, okay, that is your God. <laughs> I don't know what is my point. He didn't try to carve Jehovah. He had never seen him. They said, we have only one God. We agree. So where is he? Said, okay, that calf that came out of the goat, uh, of, the, of the fire, he placed the name of God on it. And say, behold your God that took you out of Egypt. What was he trying to do there? He took something else and transferred. Because he was not allowed to create an image. So they took something that already existed, a calf. The kind of thing they sacrificed. And then placed the name of God on top of it. That was the third commandment. That was what was forbidden. In, in modern day Christianity, we do it a lot. If I tell you this, you're going to laugh about this. So we went to um, England and um, Europe and found out that they had festivals that they loved. One week of celebrating. One week of which people had all kinds of celebrations going on and they could not stop it. So the bishops called the headquarters and said, what do we do? They said, change the name. He said, all right, this festival is no longer the festival of this. It's now the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is a breaking of the third commandment. They took a vain day and baptized it with the name of Jesus. We now call it Christmas. To shake some people to hear that. They went there one day. People were doing festivals. They said, ah, we can't get them to stop. What do we do? Say, 
It is the death and the resurrection of Jesus. We now call it Easter. Easter was death before Christianity came. But they took the old name away and then replaced it with the name of the Lord our God. Thereby putting the name of the Lord our God on a vain festival. Christians have done it. When he said, look, take the, Lord, the name of the Lord in vain. That's what mo- the literal thing is. Don't put the name of the Lord on a vain thing. Don't take it and baptize the vain thing with it. He's the only God. Don't make an image of him. And if you find an image, don't replace it. Now, this is a practical thing for us. Let me get to the modern day. What we're supposed to do. God has names he bears. For example, his provider. Are you getting my point? His what? If it's your provider, say amen. Amen. Jesus said it in Matthew chapter 6. That don't worry, if it's the bed of the air, he'll provide for you also. So he's a provider. Alright? So let's assume you have a very good job. You work for mobile. Alright? Work for MTN. This is a temptation. MTN suddenly becomes what? Provider. And that is one thing a Christian must never fall for. Say, without this job, you know we will not eat in this house. That is what they call blasphemy. I don't know whether you're getting my point. It's blasphemy. There are those who don't want to offend human beings because they feel if we offend this man, where we are supposed to get to, we will not get there. That is blasphemy. You've broken the spirit of the third commandment. You've taken the name of the Lord. All right? Because the Bible says, you remember, he is, right? He is. Psalm 75. Promotion does not come from the east, does not come from the west, does not come from the south. But God is judge. He lifts up one. He is the one that does it. Not a man in political office. So if you say without this man, you know, we won't get this promotion. No. You have desecrated the name of the Lord because the promoter is God. If God chooses to use that man, fine. Please, I hope you are getting my point. That is the thing about God's name. It's not just, you know, we get stuck on this Jehovah, Jehovah, Jehovah. You know, that was the name by which he revealed himself to Moses. Abraham did not call him Jehovah. Or Yahweh, whichever you want to pronounce it. Abraham did not. He didn't know it. He was just a God of Abraham. And that word God is just God. You know, the way you use God. You can call wood what? God. You can hear that G-O-D. That's what Abraham understood. But he now knew the personal relationship. That was why God had to add Abraham to his name. Every time he wanted to talk. The God of Abraham. That is, I am the one Abraham related with. The God of Isaac. It was as they were experiencing him that Abraham was discovering by experience what he was. So when he he tells you, El Shaddai. Abraham experienced that. What does that mean? This God that I have met is the almighty breasted one who can supply anything. It's out of experience. It was not an introductory card. Have you met me? My name is Eshad. I call me. Call my office. <laughs> Give me a name. Give this complimentary card. No. It's when you have been sick and the doctor said you should die and then you become well. They say, why did you, how did you become well? He said, my God is the healer. So God told them, he said, I'm the Lord thy doctor. That's a literal when you want to call the Lord that healed the Jehovah Raphael, listen. He's Hebrew. That's not God's name. I don't know what to say. That's just Hebrew. 
the literal thing, what God said to them is that, don't worry about the diseases. The type you saw in Egypt, the one I placed upon them, I will not let it come upon you. I will not place it upon you. When God is promised that, you'll be okay. They say, why? He said, because I'm God, your doctor. We not make it look like, you know, oh, his name is Jehovah Rapha. Oh, Jehovah Rapha. No. If you want to worship properly, say, Lord, thank you, because you are the doctor with whom nothing is incurable. That's the real name. It makes sense to you. The Jehovah Rapha to you is just Hebrew. It's a language you don't speak. Drop it. I'm telling the truth. God understands you know him better. When you put up those hands and say, Father, we want to say thank you. Jesus will worship you. You died on the cross and you are our healer, our doctor, with whom nothing is incurable. So that when they go, go and the doctor gives you a diagnosis, you say, what is this? Yes, it doesn't have any cure. You say, oh, don't worry about it. I'll go and see the other doctor. <laughs> I don't know what I get my point. You say, what? Which doctor is that? My God, no. The Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, what do you mean? Where's his clinic? Well, my wife and I will locate it at night. Yeah, when I want to pray, that's where his clinic is. Are you getting my point? I will just lay it down. Okay, I pray that God will be that real to us. That you just say that no, but okay, no, we'll go and we'll see, we'll, we'll see the Lord about it. All right. Can they cure it? I told about one of my friends once. When the doctors gave him a breakdown, what were they going to do to him? I scratched my head. I said, ah! I said, man of God, this is not good. <laughs> he said, what do we do? I said, when we see. We'll talk. And I saw him, I said, well, not my human doctors. This is what we do. They will do this, they will do that. This will take about minimum 18 months. So. I said, if we can give them 18 months, let's give the other, the God, let's give the law some time now. I said, eh. I said yes. So preacher. <laughs> preacher, we just said, all right, so what do we do? Three of us called the third person. We join our hands and we prayed. And we said, Father, in the name of Jesus, this is what we're asking for. We rebuke this affliction. We rebuke this according to your promise that's in the Bible. You said this and this and this and that. In Jesus' name, amen. Remember, if you believe, you receive. Are you getting my point? So we believe that we receive. Took him a whole year. It was one year later he testified that the affliction has gone. His name is Dr. Leo. This Jehovah Rapha thing is not working. I'm telling you the truth. Literally, his name is Jesus, my physician, my surgeon, my specialist. That's the real name. What am I saying? So when David said, magnify. You know what I mean about magnify? It means to blow something up. If I look here, I can't see it. In fact, my phone has that feature. I found that some time ago. If you, pick, if you use my kind of phone, one day I'll just go there, I just saw magnify. Ah, so I clicked on it. Have you ever tried to pick some of these chargers? You want to read what's behind? It's so tiny that even a little child will find it hard to, you know, children see fantastically. <laughs> you know, you, you look, what do you do? Just put a magnifying glass. It becomes what? Bigger. Becomes bold, thank you. In life, things can be magnified. Things can be minimized. You can shrink them. It's true. There can be big trouble. You meet somebody, you talk to the fellow, and it just makes it look small in your eyes. I remember once my mother passed a comment. I took it as a compliment. Walk digression, master digressor. All right. <laughs> Walk by faith, amen. 
No matter what everybody is saying, please walk by faith. Now they are laughing at you. Tomorrow, you'll be their reference point. Initially, this was like the way I behave, self. Now, you're the only one that understands yourself. All kinds of names they called me in my own household. You know, I didn't remember some of those names until recently. I was thinking about some things. One day, my mother now said, ah, I remember when you were going for AYC. I was so worried. He said, but you have a way of putting people's minds at rest. So where were you posted? I said Taraba State. My mother had never heard the word Taraba before. No, I'm not joking. She didn't know there was a state in Nigeria called Taraba. Because it was just freshly created. There used to be, for those of who are, who are too young, all of you are looking, there used to be Gongola State. Many people don't know there was ever a Gongola State. I would ask them, did you say Gongola or Gondola? There used to be a state called Gongola. Gongola is what is now, is a combination of what states are now Adamawa and Taraba. So it had just been created. That was 1992. That's when I was going for NYC. So I told my mother, I said, What are you put? I said, Taraba. You know when you say her countenance fell? How do I know? I heard the land on the ground and shut her. <laughs> her countenance fell. So she sat and I can imagine her brain began to do calculation like who do we know, who do we call, who do we talk to, you know, who do we see, all those kind of things. She sat and I said, Ha, huh, so what are we going to do now? I said, What are we going to do? What, I'm, what am I going to do? I said, Me, I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning. I am packing my bag and I am going off to Taraba State to go and discover the place, to go and become enriched in the place, and to go and bless the place. She was like, eh, eh. I just packed my bag, packed my bag, and next morning, I asked a few questions, how do I go? Who gave the direction? 5 p.m. next morning, I left the house. So when you get there, write. Not now that there's phone. Who call who? And I told my mother straight, I said, I am not writing. Then discussion began. Please now. I said, Mommy, please, I am not going to write you. Please now. So at least I will know. Write. I said, I am not writing. She begged me and I, oh God, this guy has been stubborn for a long time. My wife thinks it's now that I married her, I will become soft. I was stubborn against my mother. What about What will you do? <laughs> My mother, I refused to. I just said, and I made it clear. Mommy, I'm not writing. Forget it. I picked my bag. Early in the morning, next morning, I disappeared. Now, why didn't I agree to write her? It's simple. I was going to write. But I didn't want her expecting the letter. No, I was going to write. I was going to write. As long as I got to camp, I wrote. Those there was letters, not now that before you just pick your phone. Send me, he said, Mommy, I beg your WhatsApp, they work. I know if you pay for text message. <laughs> if some of you now. Every five kilometers, you go send a message. We have crossed one bridge. You cross another one. We just send for full and email. We pass them. Everything is okay. <laughs> for us, I had to go to the, the to uh, what they call when we carry. I had to go to the post office and post a letter. But I told her I wasn't going to write for the simple reason I didn't want her waiting for the letter. So when she did not get any letter, she just knew that this boy wasn't planning to write. And you will be see that I was right. Three weeks later, or four weeks later, I came back home. That the show and my younger was like, they just leaving our gate, turned like this. Somebody just said, ah, see, I just come, he saw me coming down with my bag. There was grass in that area. My mother fell into the grass. <laughs> she, I'm not kidding. She fell on her knees into the grass and put up her two hands. 
I wrote, I got home before the letter. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I got home before the letter. <coughs> so you understand why I refused? Why was he stubborn? Uh, my, uh, all these men, our stubbornness has reason. Wives, get used to it. There's something we are trying to do. Hallelujah. <laughs> the Lord is good. Now, why did I tell you that story? <laughs> why did I tell the whole story? Because my mother, things like that happen once in a while. All right? It happened here and there. One day she just calls the comment that, ah, that you have a way of putting people's minds at rest. She now reminded me of when I was going for NYC. That she was so troubled. And when she brought up the matter, I just brushed it aside, picked up my bag, and left. That's how you minimize things. Are you getting my point? But this is the problem we do a lot of times Christians these days. A pastor's wife was murdered in Abuja preaching. We broadcast it everywhere. We magnify the problem. Fulani headsmen, those are armed militia, kill some people. We broadcast a Christian spirit. We are lying. We are not praying. We are panicking. We broadcast it everywhere. Everywhere. Every little person that gets killed somewhere in the north, every Christian in Nigeria gets to know about it. Every person that gets converted, we don't hear. Yes, sir. We make it pay. No, you know, until I said it now, you did not realize that Christians, Muslims are getting converted every day. Until I said it now, it hasn't crossed your mind in a year that Muslims are giving their lives to Christ. That's the meaning of the word magnify. We magnify the trouble. Magnify the trouble. Every little thing is tribalism, is tribalism. We blow it up. Stairs in our faces. And we don't realize those things kill faith. They just want Christians to pray. They are not praying, they are panicking. Every little thing. He said, you know we have victims. They are coming to invade us. They are coming to kill us. I have said in this country, one, listen to me. God will raise a full man as a national evangelist. Amen. A man will arise out of Sokoto State. He will arise out of Kano. Another will arise out of Jigawa. One is coming out. Hey. Are you getting me? Out of Bono State. Amen. And they will preach the gospel and put the southern Christians to shame. talking about magnify. Magnify, that's what it means. The problem you blow it up. David said, don't do that. Magnify the Lord with me. How do we do it? We exalt his name together. What does that mean? We'll talk, you know, I keep on saying, we'll talk about him. Now I lost value against the dollar. We discuss that for one minute. Then talk divine provision for 10 minutes. Hmm. I said, forget that. You know, in the midst of all of that, ah, we thank the Lord. That he knew it was going to happen. He will supply abundant grace. What we were making an error before, now we are going to make 10. Because we are going to increase. He is the Lord that giveth us the power to get wealth. We will create wealth like never before. Did we think so? Hmm? Did we feel so? No. But that's what he said. It's his name. If I'm going on the road and you say, Pastor Banky, do you feel like I'm Pastor Banky? What's your problem? They introduced me to you. I don't know whether you're getting my point. You didn't give me a name. Whether you like my name or not is your personal problem. 
There are names you've heard, like, oh, uh, Israel, that our customer on the way. We met him yesterday. Say, what's your name? He said, Lovers. Lover, lovers, lovers. I said, your mother, your father must have really loved your mother. He said, it's true. He said, the two of them are lovers. I said, yes. I had never heard that name before. Yesterday was my first experience in this life of meeting a human being whose name is Lovers. I mean, that's his name. I have to call him that. One day, one of my students, he's an Urubo boy. I said, what is his name? He said, his name is Akatapo. (laughs) (laughs) It's a really Urubo name now. Yes. I said, did you notice how your name sounded? He said, I said, you must be a militant. It sounds like a machine gun going off. (laughs) Now, the point I'm making is that I I had to call him Akatapo. What I felt was irrelevant. In the same manner, if God says, are you getting my point? I am. Remember, he is. I am. If he says, he is the one giving you power to get wealth. I don't have a choice. I just call him that. Whether I like the economy, I don't like the economy. I like him, I don't like him. Besides the point. What is his name? He is the Lord that giveth me the power to get wealth. That is his name. David said, magnify his name together. What do we do? We magnify problems, magnify Boko Haram, magnify issues. And God said, no, 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 no. For every moment you spend talking about troubles, spend five talking about me. It is what the situation around here is that he responds to. Let's rise to our feet. I want us to close. Let's take a minute again. And talk about him and magnify his name. Let's begin to magnify him. Let's take it. I'll give everybody just one minute. In any area of life, just magnify him. He said, that's how you magnify the Lord, by exalting his name. What does it mean to magnify? Make bold. Make big. Let it be what people talk about. I always like to talk about a country like this. He is the God of the nations. He is the God of the nations. He is the one that makes kings. He determines the epochs. He is the God of the nations. Let's talk about him. Just magnify his name, magnify his name, magnify his name. He said, it is he who changes the times and the epochs. He removes kings and establishes kings. He is the one who gives wisdom to wise men and knowledge to men of understanding. Magnify him so over Nigeria. Say, Lord, thank you. You drew the boundary of the nations. Say, Lord, thank you. We magnify you. We just call you your name. The God who drew the boundary of the nations. Who drew the boundary for the sea? He said, thus far and no further. With all their proud waves, he said, thus far and no further. Magnify, magnify his name. 
How do we magnify the Lord? By exalting His name. He's our peace. That's a name. He said, my father, my peace. My God, my peace. Our God, our peace. He said, who forgiveth all thy iniquity? Say, Lord, thank you. I call your name. You are the forgiver of my sins. <laughs> Let's magnify him. Can we do something for a second? For, for a few seconds. Can I just be quiet for a second? Everybody, I want you to just do something. It's going to be interesting, right? Just for a few seconds. Just think about now the money you have in your pocket, in your bank, wherever it's coming from. Think about where it came from. For example, if you're a student, your father sent you the money. Your uncle sent you the money. Your senior brother did that. Your auntie did that. Your elder sister did that. As an example, whatever. A scholarship. You're a worker. You get a salary. Federal government, state government. All right, private. Work in a bank. You work in an oil company. You work in a telecom company. You work in a marketing. Whatever. Just think about wherever your money is coming from for a moment. Think about it just for a few seconds. Now, have you done that? Can you just shut your eyes? Remember what we're doing? We're looking at the source, the, the physical source of our income and all of that. Oh, you're a woman. You're married. Your husband gives you money, whatever it is. Now, I want you to say, look at that thing in your mind's eyes. Are you getting my point? Look at that source and say, you are not God. Look at your company and say, you are not God. You look at your employer and say, you are not God. In your mind, just look at those places and say, you are not God. You are an instrument. You are just an instrument. You are an instrument. See, you are an instrument. You are an instrument. You are not God. Look at your certificate that took you there. Say, you are not God. You are an instrument. Thank God for the life of those who give money to you, but they are not God. Thank God for your company. It pays very well. Your boss is very generous. He pays well. Look at it in your mind and say, sir, you are not God. Ma, you are not God. Federal government, you are not God. Enugu state government, you are not God. Do that in your mind. And now take up your eyes to the Lord in your heart. And say, Lord, you are God. You are the supplier. Now begin to call him that name. Let me hear your voice. He said, Lord, you are the supplier. You are the supplier. You are the provider. Thank you for my food. Thank you for my money. Thank you for everything. You are the supplier. Thank you. Thank you. I magnify you as God. I magnify you as the supplier. Yes, we give you your proper name. We will not take your name and place on a vain thing. Say, Lord, thank you. Lord, thank you. We magnify you. You are God. You alone are God. You alone are God. You alone are God. You are the one that makes, that gives me the power to get wealth. You are the one that makes all grace abound towards me. Thank you for all sufficiency. We magnify you in the midst of everything. You are to be magnified. You are to be magnified. You are to be magnified. In the name of Jesus.
Our Father, we thank you for today. Let's just say thank you to him. Just say, Lord, we thank you. Thank you for your liberating word. Thank you for your liberating truth. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus Christ, we have prayed. As usual, we share the grace in a very powerful way. It's prophetic. We are magnifying the name of the Lord and speaking. Things have ears. I hope you understand that. Every material thing has ears. It's not only animals and human beings. They have ears. This wood has ears. All right? Your car has ears. Your body has ears. I mean, even your ear has ears. In case it's not hearing, you tell it to hear. It will hear and begin to hear. Are you getting my point? Yes, everything has ears. So we always have to, we learn to put the word of God on our, it's not our desires, we don't prophesy our desires, we prophesy what he has spoken, and that is where the power lies. Let's share the grace in fellowship one to go, because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, surely we are passed out of death, and we are passed into life, of darkness into the life of Christ, we are passed out of under the curse into the blessings, all things have passed away in our lives, we are now filled with the spirit of Christ. We live above sin and walk above the devil because we are seated high above with Christ. This is our season of fruitfulness and multiplication in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. One more time. This is my season of fruitfulness and multiplication in the name of Jesus Share with somebody. Bless the person.